Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Some say he was out of form. Some say he wasn't strong enough to outmuscle bigger central defenders. All we know is that he's called Jamie McLaren and he scored one hell of a goal Saturday night to seal a big victory for the Raw. Welcome to the Lachlan Jackson episode 26 of the Brisbane Football Review for the Outside 90 Fan Network. It's James Scott and Adam once again, and we're very happy that the Roar are in the finals once again, aren't we guys? We are, seven straight years, and uh, I think uh, there's a whole fan base out there who wouldn't know any different. Scott? <laughs> Longest active streak in the A-League, James. So they've got to be doing something yeah. right, despite all the off-field turmoil then. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're yeah, off. It is. We're this is a great good. start. We're off to a great start. <laughs> I should put. I, th- I thought that was a good introduction. We were yeah. off on a roll, yeah. and then dead. I think end. I was in awe of your introduction. That's why I didn't have much to go on. <laughs> yeah, uh, talking about youth, talking about always in the finals, and then yeah. And Scott was just happy that I mentioned Lachlan Jackson. I would have so. been happy with any of the three choices for number twenty-six, James. It would have been fine. Yes. Well, sorry, Nick D'Agostino. I know you're a loyal listener of this. <clears throat> <laughs> Next year. Next year. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get right into the A League review and talk about that game Saturday night. It was one nil. Maybe not the prettiest performance, but no. I thought it showed a whole lot of maturity from the Raw, and they held on to get what was a very valuable three points, Adam. Look, I think at the end of the day, you know, when you're looking for results, and that's what we need, a result, you know, sometimes it's not always pretty. You now that's, I guess, you know, it's good going into sort of finals mode where you can grind out result. And I think the most impressive thing was, you know, we kept that clean sheet. That's probably the main thing as well. I think with Victory having one hand behind their back, basically, with the, the whole front force out, I mean, that's a big blow for them. So a clean sheet really was a must in this game. I don't, I don't but buy- I think the game was scrappy. I don't think we created enough. I don't I buy that. It, I don't buy the excuse, it, though. Yeah, but if you look at this game, if we play that way in the finals against them, do you think we'll beat them? Why not? I think we've got room to improve. But I think the rule worked. You know, solid enough at the back, and they will have yeah. Michael Theo in. Yeah. And possibly but they're going to have Borussia, Troisi, Rojas, and Ingham back, which is a huge... That's like 36 or 47 goals or something this year they were missing. But consider who else the Raw were missing. They were missing yeah. Orr and Mackay. So it's not yeah. as though the Raw were playing at full strength. I, I just think we need to improve a little bit on that. Oh, I, think, I think there's always going to be room for improvement. For, for, round, but for round 24, I think, you know what, we need we need the result. And we got yeah. it. And there's three points. No matter where yeah. hell. Like I said, if we look at finals, yeah. it's a different story. The result is more important yeah. than the performance. But I was mm. looking for a performance yep. that would, like a marker. I don't think we've put a marker down yet this year, really. I can't think of a standout result we've had. The closest would have been that 4-0 win over Adelaide. That's the the only one I can think of. All right, well, let's focus on the positive right now. Jamie McLaren, what a freaking goal. That is a I very nearly swore there, but I'm going to be good. Oh look, I think it's uh, I think that's sort of the one the goal you want from a um, from your your to your best number nine. So, but mind you, he did miss one that he probably should have buried later on. So I guess it all evens out in the end. It's very similar to the one he got last year over lobbing it over Danny Vukovic. That's true. But, it, like, I've been critical of McLaren, you know, the fact that he might not be taking the chances, but he got one and he yeah. drilled yeah. it. And this is the time of year, I, can't, I don't have the stats in front of me, unfortunately, but this is the time of year where he's at his absolute best. Yeah. I looked it up. I might share it out through our social media later on. I think through the from around 20 on over the last three years, he's the best goal scorer in the league. He's well, scored more than Keogh and Borussia and all the rest of them, so... This is where McLaren shines. Mm. I think what really stood out for me, though, was how he was able to use his body and get yeah. get the ball away from, I think it was Barrow? Yeah, it was. he sent a real statement too, didn't he, to the national boss? Mm. And Nick Ansel was just kind of standing there. I think <laughs> Ansel was probably doing the right thing there if you're looking at it saying, okay, well, which way is he going to go? Because there was no way you would have expected him to shoot. I wasn't expecting him to shoot. You wouldn't expect him to lose a one-on-one with Barrow. That's yeah. what you wouldn't... 
but anyway. And also, I spoke, and then, yeah, he just saw the chance, took it, and it was a great shot. I was looking around going, oh my God, he's so incredibly isolated. Who's he going to pass to? <laughs> but I think, it's, I think it's a good sign, a sign of his, sort of, you know, his football maturity coming along that, you know, he is, he is starting to use a bit of instinct rather than sort of sticking to a game plan, holding up, waiting for a, a, another player to come through. He knew he was isolated, you know, two on one, and also there was no one in the half. And yeah, and he actually used his instinct and backed himself, and it reaped rewards. So I think that's a positive sign going forward. It's not the sort of goal you want to count on going forward, but it's good when it comes about. Yeah, it's it's a really good finish, and there was no one to Adam's point in in the victory half for the Raw. Well, who was it? Christensen, I think, who lobbed the ball forward? I can't remember who it was, but he was absolutely isolated. You're right. It was a fantastic finish. Yeah, That's no, good. It's, it's also it's also good yeah. to see that you know the Raw have got you know, a bit more than sort of you know past till you know past the kingdom come, past into the net basically. That you now they actually are using more direct play, even if it's just a change up. And again, it. it we maximum rewards on uh, Saturday night. Well, one thing I saw that was impressive, Jack Hinger came out in, in the first half and had a phenomenal striker yeah. goal that was denied by an equally phenomenal save by Lawrence Thomas, at which point I was having some sort of PTSD flashbacks to round 27 <laughs> last year. <laughs> but it was, you know, really good. You know, Hinger got forward and, you know, talking about, you know, he's Hinger one of the better attacking weapons in, on the night. Yeah, Hinger had a good game, actually, Jack Hinger. I thought that, that right-hand side, again, was probably the Raw's better side, I think. Maybe. I thought it was pretty good. Hinger was really good going forward. I, I agree with you on that. But The combination with Borello yeah, seemed to work really well. I thought Hinger was a little bit better than Borello on the, in an attacking sense on Saturday night. Which is always what you want from your defender. But yeah. like, we saw that for years with Ivan Franjic as well. Yeah, that's. I think it, people have said in the past, the fullbacks of the Raw are attacking weapons. The way they play, it's almost like they are wingers. Yeah, given how far forward they get so often. But I think I think even more now, if you look down that left hand side, I think Corey Brown does get a bit more yeah. forward than what Shane Stefanuto used to. But yeah. it wasn't to say that that Steph actually sat back either. He actually got a long way forward. Mm-hmm. But I think Corey Brown, I think brings as a weapon. So our both our fullbacks are really you know big benefits for us. Oh well, the one thing you say in that Brown Stefanuto comparison, I feel like. Steph, no offence if he's listening, but he was a little bit more tactical with how he got forward because he exactly. was a yeah. more veteran, let's yeah, say experienced yeah. player, where he could really use that. He picked his time to get forward, and he was always there to get that ball from Corey Broich. Brown's a more natural attacking player as well. I think yeah. Steph might be more like a defensive fullback. Corey's more attacking. I think that's more... And that Brown probably can, well. Brown does have the pace to get forward, get yeah. back, get forward, get yeah. back, get forward, get back, until he's done. One thing that really surprised me was victory. Okay, it was a small chance of them still stealing the Premier's plate, but I was really surprised with how defensive they came out. They seemed happy to walk away with a nil-nil draw. This is the point I was talking about. When you lose missing your foremost creative attacking players, what are you meant to do? You look at the. I I didn't see an attacking threat in their side that even scared me in the slightest. Well, I was supposed to have guys like Ben Kaufler, who was supposed to be one of the best attacking talents. He's dropped off from where he was a couple of years ago. Mitch Austin's not the player they thought they were getting. And George Howard was okay. He's big and physical, but he's his young fellow still needs to learn a bit more. And then, I don't think he's, they're attacking options off the bench for a bunch of um, youth yeah, players. Yeah, I think they would so. be better off keeping Katabian in truth ahead of George Howard. But that's another story. We'll take him at yeah. Brisbane, though. Yep. But yeah, then victory. They yeah. did start to take control of the game as the second half went on. And well, that's m- where someone like Carl Valera with his experience to get on the ball helps them, along with young Stefan Negro, who's a very good player. And but the, they yep. just don't have the creativity in them to create the openings. That say uh, James Troisi does, and that's yeah, what they were lacking. That's true. Well, the one thing you also noticed as well was they did uh, some sub on James Donachie, who I think that, you know that was the happiest I've seen him get subbed on to Suncorp Stadium. But <laughs> so who's that? <laughs> but you've got they subbed on James Donachie and actually went to a back three, which yeah. I thought was a phenomenally attacking move by Kevin Musket. That actually changed the game slightly, didn't it? Because after that, they really got. They were more, far more in control after that, I thought. Uh, yeah, and I was actually waiting for the Raw to get a second goal on the counter-attack then, just purely from, yeah. you'd have more so Borello than Thomas Broich yeah. pushing forward, but you'd be able to get that sort of two-on-two matchup where the young guys are able to use their, well, youthful wiles or whatever you want to call <laughs> it and get it through. But, I don't know, that just surprised me. Avram Papadopoulos was probably one of the most impressive Raw players yeah. on the night as well. Yeah. He was just... He was excellent. Yeah, I thought that. I think that he's, he's made it really difficult now, a difficult decision with Don Aloisi because he's got his first choice back central defensive pairing back fit now. Jade North's fit. To, sorry, Luke Devere's back fit. Jade North's available. Papadopoulos has come in, and who are you leaving out? I mean, I think Devere and Papadopoulos might be the best pairing. 
But the then, but then you, I guess with Jade North, you also have options that he has played in that defensive midfield role before. So if I have a solution, we might get to it later on. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll that's what's for that then. Yep. That's a very professional tease from you, Scott. Yep. I think you, you, you're sort of getting ready to move on to bigger pastures now. But yeah, I thought it was it was a really it was really good to see him get in there and. Angry Thomas Christensen is just so much fun. <laughs> yes, Angry yeah. Thomas Christensen is fun, but I just like him. Just cool it slightly. Just Pick your moments just, and who just, you're going to yell just at. Just keep it under control because we don't need you getting too many yellow cards and potentially missing games from it. But That's true. And uh, I also, It was absolutely hilarious watching Joe Coletti try and hold him back, though. That was great. <laughs> come back, Dad. Come back. Come back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, one, one thing you've just got to praise here, Thomas Broich. How good is oh, he? Oh my goodness! Oh. Mate, uh, please what, what, don't what, go. What, what, what more can you say? You know, like I said, the, you know, the raw would be much, much, you know, poor without him. So I think, yeah, the A League would be much poorer. The yeah, exactly. Been, yeah, the seeds have just been sown about this story because you, did you watch the post game show? I did. I was one yeah, of the it it, Oh, you did. That's right. And um, yeah, so it was a big theme throughout the post game: is he staying or is he going? So and what about what he say for that? I think he almost just. Straight batted it, didn't he? Just something online. We'll deal with We'd it at the end of the season. See him stay, deal with it later. Yeah. I, I would think you would be hard-pressed to find a rational Raw fan that doesn't want Thomas Broich to stay. At least in, in some capacity. It may not be as a, a first-team player. Mind you, he's playing as good as any of the, any of the you know, regular starters, but even sort of, you know, at his waning age, you, know, you, you still want him at the club, even if it's in a non-playing role or sort of a part-time playing role, I guess, you know, maybe yeah. subs or... yeah. I think that was a real point of Tommy Your coming in, wasn't it, to allow Thomas Rush to pick his games... So I, th- I should bring him back for another year with the same smaller role he's played this year. I don't see why he wouldn't and do And maybe it. just increase Tommy Orr a little bit because he will be going on to yeah. that marquee deal. Yeah. Now, it wasn't all good on Saturday night. I was having dinner on Caxton Street beforehand and some idiots decided to let off some flares during the pre-game march. Well, you can go on about this because I was inside the stadium and Adam wasn't there, so... Well... <laughs> We're going on second-hand reports, James, yeah. so you can go well, you can I, tell what you I like. I was there, saw the clouds of orange smoke and immediately turned to my fiancé back and said, oh, good, the idiots are back out. <laughs> like, all, all I'm thinking is, you know, next time you decide to bring one, or four as it might have been, I genuinely hope it goes off while it's still smuggled inside your shorts so you can demonstrate firsthand just how harmless and fun it is while you're getting burned by them. Yeah. And we're going to move on. All I'll say is that we haven't heard anything about that since, so... No, but apparently, you know, some people got dobbed in to the police and I say good on the person that dobbed them in. Uh, Well, yeah, yeah, well... Anyway, wasn't there not going to comment? If you yeah. got, if you got people doing stupid and yeah. what is actually yeah. illegal acts, why not dub them in? If they're stupid enough yeah. to do that, they deserve the punishment. Plain Hasn't been any punishments heard. I haven't heard any punishments for the raw. So, no. Yeah. Well, again, if you, I think it might be. I think because of where it is, even though there's the whole yeah. five kilometer rule, blah blah. I think it's more that's a police matter if if they want to take it up. But yeah, I think it is, it is where it is. Anyway, so the result on Saturday night, the Roar actually weren't the team that was happiest with it. That would have been the guys down south in uh, Sydney FC. Yeah, we don't care about them, though. No, but we will say, you know, Sky Blue Views, enjoy it. I'm sure that play will be coming up to Brisbane That's, next year. <laughs> you, you, you guys did see that they apparently they, they had video, like uh, the S- Sydney FC media team. They have, they, um, they, I think they were trying to recreate the, you know, the Jamie Vardy moment. In, yep. Let's see. But it was like it was so much of a letdown as far as I think it's more of I, I think they're actually right. This. I think they actually you know I think and Graham Arnold said something natural, well but that's only the beginning. And I think you know they actually really genuinely weren't really that excited about it. You know, it's like oh that's one if bit I think of back for the raw, I don't see much, remember much excitement when yeah. Ailes' premier played both times. I mean there was excitement because Bratton scored the ninety third minute, but yeah, that's think, winning the this, game this, excitement, this, this not mind, the premier's play. This mind you, they were in a, I think they were in a hotel in a hotel having dinner in Perth. When, when, when they have now, it just happened at the video when they went full time at Suncorp Stadium, and it was like, yeah, a few handshakes and whatnot. But I think they're actually really going for the whole Jamie Vardy moment after ja- Jamie Vardy plays moment. Um, yeah. So, and it didn't come off. Oh, well. But, well, congratulations on that. They have been the best team this year, so. Yeah, they, des- they definitely deserve the Premier's plate, but, and I think we're going to save this for our pre finals show. We're going to discuss, you know, what's more important, the Premiership or the Championship. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so some of the other results that. Uh, like to know before we get on to that, did it feel at all dirty backing a result that helped Sydney out? I was asking that during the fan no. camps. 
No, we were nah. self-interest. Yep. We needed the win to yep. secure top four. If, if, if someone else benefited from from our interest, then yeah, well, good on them. That's right. So, but it also seems like that's basically set the top four in... Yeah, there's a four-point gap there now. So the Raw have only got to win their two home games. And they're and fine. The, the game in Perth is irrelevant. Yeah. And one, one of those games against Central Coast are now bottom of the ladder. So. Yeah. Yep. And Wellington last round, because they could be mm. playing for nothing either. So There we go. All right, so just quick uh, recap of the other A-League scores. Wanderers 3-1 over Melbourne City. Adelaide 2-0 over Central Coast Mariners. Helps that they had 11 players staying on their feet since Riley McGree was with, with the Socceroos <laughs> this time. <laughs> Wellington 5-0 over Newcastle. Boy. That, 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 like I said, I hope we don't play back the audio of what we said last week because no one was seen that coming. But I think that's I said so. Wellington were going to hold their own. I yeah. thought we'd leave that tape. Gonna... Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good thing we don't have a podcast feed where people can go back and listen <laughs> exactly. to in the final five minutes I of last week's episode. I will say that it was on Friday night for the Wanderers. They're starting to hit some form. And they might be a big, bigger threat in the bottom four. They yeah. might be a team you don't want to play in week one. And then Sydney celebrated their Premier's plate with a 3-0 win over Perth Glory. Meh. All right, so we're going to be back with segment two. This is a Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. the Outside 90 Fan Network. James Scott and Adam with you today, and we're going to go into our news and other stuff segment, but before we do that, you might be listening to us on iTunes or Audio Boom, and we would love to get some sort of reviews and ratings just so we actually know that people are enjoying us. So if you feel like uh, giving us a five-star rating on iTunes, nothing below <laughs> that, of course, and yeah, so give us some feedback. We'd love to hear it going into the finals because the Raw are playing in it again. I'm sure our parents would help us out there. <laughs> That, that involves I was going to say James has hit the five-star button a few times, but we need more. We haven't gotten a single rating yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you can. Maybe someone listening through Outside 90 or something as well. All right, so news and other stuff. The uh, pre-game entertainment for the A-League was a National Youth League fixture, which the Raw won 4-3. Although I believe there was a bit of confusion in the excitement to post a result after the game. I don't know. I haven't got a clue. I blame Adam's new formatting oh, system. I still, yeah, haven't, I still haven't got my... I haven't got the... Around working that out yet. <laughs> Adam, did you I'm, see that bus coming you just threw you under? Yes, <laughs> I did. I couldn't get out of the way. But, uh, yeah. I'm just repeating a tweet from Saturday. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, we, got, we got around eventually. But teething problems. Yeah, that's okay. So it was 4-3. Who are the scorers, Scott? You just throw me under the bus there. They're on your there notes you and go. not on mine, so well played. I'm the host. Yeah. Okay, as I take the iPad off, James. <laughs> yeah, so Mustafa Jafari opened the scoring for Southwest Queensland, and then an absolutely fantastic goal from Thomas Fanning. The ball came over the top. Macklin Freck's come out too far, and Fanning's on the goal line and he's from the, just past the edge of the six yard box. It's gone straight across and in. Just a sensational goal, and then. So that's 2-0 to the to Southwest Queensland. And the Raw finally worked it out. Because the Thunder were playing a 3-5-2 system. Everyone's favourite at the moment. And for about half an hour, they couldn't work out how to break them down. And then they finally got it around the sides. And there are a few tapping goals for the Raw. Akbari scored, Yoon scored, Beekhurst, and Oliver Duncan scored. So some some good goals in there among... Now, you're telling us a little bit about Oliver Duncan. You're quite yeah. a fan of his, aren't you? I am. I think he's a really good young player to watch. I want to be careful about how I compare him, but the way he moves around the field, just the way he links up the play, creates chances, etc. It's very similar to the impact Thomas Broich has on the A-League side. I heard the comparisons of certain yeah. number 22 of ours. Yeah, it's very similar <laughs> to the way Thomas Broich impacts the A-League games. Now, it's a, at a different level, of course, and we don't want to put too much pressure on him, but he looks a really good young prospect and one worth keeping an eye on. And, that, and that's something, you know, it's fair enough to say. If he reminds you of someone yeah. in particular, yeah. it's... You know, it's like saying the striker in the similar mould of Thierry Henry. He might not be as good as Henry, but yeah. he's got that similar sort yeah. of sort of long, lanky style and, and whatnot. It does stand out with the young Raw because a lot of their other, a lot of the wingers we've seen come through are all pacey, direct guys 
who try to get to the byline, get crosses in, or get to the back post for a, a shot. That's not really the way Oliver Duncan plays, so it's very different for the young Raw. I think of all the all those the base of all the um, youth team at the moment playing the National Premier League. So I think actually our whole front three. So yeah. so it is it's Duncan, it's um, it's Yoon and yeah. and uh, Finn Beekhurst. You know, yeah. they're 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 all. I think they're all good prospects. I think you know the Raw the the senior side. You know, could be looking at you know in a year or two time to sort of fill him if if you know players move on. Nathan Yoon did score again, so it's, mm. I think it's five goals now in mm. six games or something. Or oh, four and five. It's one of the two, and he's. He's another one who's quite impressive in the way he moves around off the front. He's taking advantage yeah. of, you know, having yeah. the opportunity to lead the line. Because I think we said Katabian's not eligible and yeah. D'Agostino is on the bench for yeah. the A-League at exactly. the moment. And so taking making yeah. the most of his opportunity. So it was kind of cool having the game before the A-League. I would have loved to have gone, yeah. but wound up staying late at work. It was. It reminded me of like the late 2000s when the Raw used to play their National Youth League games before the A-League side. Yeah, I think the, good, the, the, the official, the the official crowd, I think, was 1872. So yeah. that was, no, in the end, day, it, the, it was 13,000 that ended up being there for the um, A-League game. So you'd, you'd hope there'll be a few more. But I think as a first starter, I think, you know what, it's, it's, it's more than that they get it any, anywhere yeah. else in in, um, in in Brisbane okay. or even in Queensland. So mm. There were a lot of Southwest Queensland Thunder fans there as well. And it, even if it's just a one-off thing, it's a great opportunity for these young players to play at Suncorp yeah. Stadium because... Logic tells you all these kids aren't going to come through the A-League squad. It's just not going to happen. No, they're going to go to the victories or exactly. cities. <laughs> exactly, but you're not, not all of them are going to make it to the professional league, so it's a good chance to play at Suncorp Stadium for them. Yep, so quick recap of the Round 5 results. You've got Brisbane City 2-2 with Western Pride. You've got Redlands 3-4 over Northern Fury. Far North Queensland Heat 2-3 over Morton Bay. Now, That's but, a Fury one beat Redlands 4-3, by the way. Fury beat Redlands? Yep. Was that a home game for them? It was in, in um, Redlands. Okay, so... Well, I suppose you wouldn't have had too many games up north no. at the moment. So. Stay safe up north, by the way. Yep. Uh, Gold Coast City 4-2 over strikers. That was a bit of a boil over. Yeah. Well, maybe not based on form, but... Well, that's what I said last week, um, Gold Coast City kind of flying under the radar, and now, they're, no. now they've announced themselves as a genuine contender. They're right up there There might with be Olympic. some problems for, for the yeah. strikers out there at Meekham Park they might want to fix... And uh, was it Olympic Channel there, 2009 Manchester United <laughs> over Arsenal, 8-2 result? Yes. That's 16-2 and two for uh, yeah. Sunshine Coast. So. Big problems up on the Sunshine Coast. Now, 16-2 conceded, by the way. Yep. <laughs> All right, so the table, Olympic still on top after their postponed, so they've actually got a game in hand. A uh, couple of other standouts, South West Queensland on the bottom of the table. I so. think they're better than that, by yeah. the way. They played quite well on the weekend. They were unlucky not to get something. Is it a case that they're just still getting settled in? Cause it could be, because I, I don't remember them playing a three-five-two last year. Mm. And the personnel they have for it is quite good, because their two strikers move around a lot and very good. And over I a think long they're just season, trying to get used to it. And over a long season also, you'd want these guys, you know, you give them maybe four yeah. weeks to sort of get settled and now you might be looking for them to start picking up and as you were saying in against the Raw they were looking quite threatening yeah. for a while I will say if we can start the final series in the NPL right now with Olympic Gold Coast City Fury and Morton Bay that'd be fantastic oh, who'd be missing from that I know who'd be missing? celebrating yeah mm-hmm. I can't possibly work it out Alright, so round six fixtures. Friday, Redlands versus Gold Coast City and Morton Bay versus Western Pride. We should point out that a lot of these uh, yeah. game times will come with a caveat depending on how... The rain, yeah. Yeah, the rain, which is... The thing is, you were saying it, if the rain holds off, I might go down to Redlands on Friday because that could be a really good game. Yeah, actually, i really got to go and see Gold Coast City at some point this year. Saturday, got Strikers versus Sunshine Coast, so I think Strikers will get back on the horse there. Far North Queensland against Olympic. Northern Fury against South West Queensland, and Brisbane City are hosting Brisbane Royal Youth at Spencer Park Saturday evening. Yeah, that's another one contingent on the weather, because yeah. it's right on the yeah. river there, so on the creek, sorry, and that's very much prone to flooding. So. As we know with um, pre- so previous games, especially uh, pre-season games in the A-League, that yeah, Spencer Park is one of those grounds where if it rains a bit, you, you're in trouble. The good thing is you'll probably hear about that being, if it is going to be postponed, you'll hear about that well before... Mm. That's one event. good thing I'm liking about the football Queensland yeah. media is that they're sort of getting out in front of it and just going, nah, it's not worth it. Yeah, Something tells me most of these games this weekend will probably be postponed. Yeah, we're just looking outside right now and thinking it's going to get very, very wet. <laughs> so much for my plans to go for a run tomorrow yeah. <laughs> or for the next month. <laughs> All right, Socceroos. We'll yes. qu- quickly touch on the... Uh, they had a 1-1 draw against Iraq in Iran Yep, and then beat... UAE 2-0 last night. I think it eased a lot of people's nerves as well because a lot of people were getting 
very antsy about them not qualifying. Despite yeah. the fact they are still unbeaten in Group B, the only unbeaten side in Asian World Cup qualifying. As I pointed out in my preview for Outside 90 last yep. week, it was a little bit of the overreactions taking yeah. place where, you know, Postacoglu was coaching for his job or whatnot. And yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. He, he's a man for better or worse for the next year plus. Yeah. But It's still completely in the soccer's hands as well because they play Saudi Arabia at home in June. That's... If they do, if they don't win that game, then you can start to panic. Yeah, that's think, the team they're going to have to overhaul. Yeah, I I, I, per, I personally think that you know I, I think UAE are done. I think I think they're the eliminated, word, officially uh, eliminated. Yeah, I think I think it, it comes down to the soccer is you know, we either we either directly qualify for Russia or we'll have to go for the playoff route. Yeah. So I, I just don't. Yeah, I think you know that win last night was telling. We and I think we yeah. said that four out of six would be yeah. pretty much good enough. That's. What's happened? I think also yeah. people may be underestimating, you know, the sort of the perils of Asian travel, especially going to the Middle East and whatnot. And that, you know what? As long as you win your games at home, you know, drawing, you know, in a place like Tehran or you know Doha or some of these other places that so, we've gone through, you know, yeah, I think it's not such the worst thing. So I will say there's a very it, the second to last week could be really interesting because that's when Australia go to Japan. And you'd say right now a draw might be enough, but if let's say do the hypothetical, they beat Saudi Arabia, that puts them level on points with them. That's they August got thirty first. Yeah, Saudi yep. Arabia's plus eight goal difference, we're plus five, so we'd have to make up a bit of goal difference there. We go to Japan and get a point. They play, I believe, they're at home to the UAE, but they play the UAE, mm. who have nothing to play for, and they just might roll over and give Saudi Arabia three points there. Yeah, but the final the final round yeah, actually the final is, round is, is Japan Saudi, Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Japan, and yeah. us in Thailand. So. So at the very least, going into that final game, the Socceroos should be in a position. I think it's a case of yeah, we'll either finish first, second, or third. I I, yeah. I, I just cannot see unless, like I said, we lose all three games and there's a problem. But well, yeah. I don't think we can. I can't. Yeah, yeah. And UAE also picking up, you know, six, you know, six of the last nine as well. So I think the UAE which, have kind of thrown the towel because Marty Ali, the coach, yes. resigned last night after the game. So I think they're they're done. For me, I think the Socceroos are going to get in an automatic qualifying spot. I still have yeah. total faith in Postacoglu and what I he's think capable of. Seven points out of nine should be enough. I've, if we're, if we're doing predictions now, I actually think he'll be us in Japan that will auto, auto yeah. qualify in Saudi Arabia. Will be you know, they'll have to travel through Uzbekistan. I and wouldn't then... be underestimating Saudi Arabia. Oh, absolutely not. But been, that's how I think it'll pan out. They've been a bit of a surprise. In this but game. I still think the Socceroos have enough quality to get through. Yeah. Mm. We were going to talk about the new formation, but I think we're going to skip over that and just yep. say, you know, Postacoglu's clearly been learning from the likes of Antonio Conte with the three I at like the back. It. I like a three at the back formation. It I'm, was good. No problem with it. Yeah, I just think yeah, if, if the wingbacks do do more in defence and whatnot, don't give up much as much space as they have been. I think it's a work in progress, and you know what? It's something different. You know, you, you can't you can't just rest on the laurels and you know, expect the same because that's what people were. That's what people have been sort of clamouring for is you know for something different. And as Brisbane fans, so. we know Ange Postacoglu is strong with his coach. convictions, yeah. and he's got the courage of his convictions. He's not going to back down from this. This is what he believes we need to play. This is what we're going to play. Yep. And, well, yeah, I think as Brisbane fans will say, you know, Postacogli knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, we know at least, at least we'll have six games, six games, maybe even a seventh game between now and a p- p- potential World Cup, you know, berth. So... Of all the fans criticising Ange this week, I don't think there's been too many from Brisbane. No. We, we know what he's capable yeah. of and just wait. I've got a, yeah. I've got a good feeling about yeah. this World Cup. Yeah. They might actually win a couple of games. Confederations <laughs> Cup, actually, but all right. So one of those games you mentioned, Adam, is going to hopefully be in Brisbane, the final World Cup qualifier against Thailand. Mm. It's about time because it will have been maybe oh, in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. it's being reported well, yeah. by Marco. They've bid. They made a bid. Yeah, and Alan Graham, the Suncorp general manager, was down there. Suncorp Stadium general manager last night was down in Sydney. And all which I think it's about adding time. two and two together there, and they might be getting five, assuming that him being in Sydney means that. He's getting instructions on what they need done for the field and all the rest of it, but we'll see. It would be great to see them up here in Brisbane for the first time since 2012 in a qualifier. And I think, yeah, it'll be and it'll be a um, a game which obviously there will be a lot to play yeah. for, irrespective. It might be a case of yeah, yeah. it might be, you know, that they sort of we we get to celebrate qualifying for directly, or we could be commiserating that I we have to go see- via. I remember talking about it on the podcast. We thought we'd probably get the Thailand game. We've seen <laughs> you've seen Thailand before. Nah. It's not it's not going to be all that exciting, and then. It, it might actually mean it something. It could be yeah. the game that matters. I, I do think the one thing this football community needs up here quickly, James, isn't so much the game, it's the fan day. Yep. You look at some of the stuff they had at North Sydney Oval on Sunday. There hasn't been that sort of event in Brisbane. The I last time they had an event like that then. was on the Gold Coast a decade ago. Yeah. So I think the opportunity for the kids to meet the players is almost more important than a game. But mm. 
and as much as we make fun yeah. of him, someone like getting to see someone like yeah. Tim Cahill up close, that's for for, an, for a kid, that's what you want. Oh, but, I think yeah. I think we that's more than just kids. I think it's yeah. adults as well. All right. So in the other internationals, the main raw news: Daningham made his New Zealand debut yeah. in a two Congratulations to him. Yep. yep. In a crowd of what was it? I saw it was like five hundred and something. Oh, was it really? It was a tiny, tiny crowd. It could have been five thousand. I read it very quickly, yeah. and someone there smuggled in an, a Wenger out banner. No. I think they played oh, three at the back as well because he was playing right wing back Daningham. So yeah, it seems like he did reasonably well. So congratulations mm. to him. Now. Uh, Marco Monteverde has been added again in the Korea Mail. He had the report that John Aloisi is set to re-sign for two more years. Mm-hmm. Assuming this is the case, yep. we were hoping it would actually be announced by now, but unfortunately we've stalled yeah. long enough. Is this the right move, Scott? I think given the options available, I think it's the right move unless you're going to go overseas and bring someone in. I can't think of an Australian coach at the moment who's available who would be an improvement. I think the one thing this football club needs at the moment is stability. And had John Aloisi is stability at the moment. Look at what he's had to deal with since he's been here. I think he's done a great job dealing with the off-field stuff. We can nitpick certain things on the field if you want, but in general, he's done really well to hold this club together. And what, third last year, possibly third again this year, he got us into the Champions League group stage. I think he's done a good job, all things considered. Yeah. Oh, look, I absolutely agree that, you know... At the end of the day, I think I think the, I think the squad. You always look at you know the squad so where where they're at, where they're so that that proverbial championship window. Yeah. I think it's I think this this squad, if they can keep keep a hold of them, you know keep keep hold of the core of it. I think yeah. we'll actually you know will be challenging you know yeah. next season. I think you need you know John Alwissi to be at the at the head of that. So look, I think it's the, I think it's the right decision. I think it's probably the only decision because I yeah. reckon Brian, other than someone at completely out of left field, if he was to leave, who do who do we replace yeah. there and keep that continuity. The only name that really jumps out for me in terms of an Australian coach would be Mark Rudan, but I like... Uh, yeah, but I, I think... There's him, a reason why clubs keep passing over. Yeah, and I kind of yeah. think that, you know, Rudan to Aloisi, I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. a big enough upgrade to... At best, it's a sideways if, move. If Rudan's name came up in two two years' time, so we fast forward two years and, you know, the the, the, the club has you know, gotten close to a championship and it's on the way down, then, yeah, a, a coach like that to rebuild... Yes, maybe. I think this. I think the squad has still got a little option left. Yeah. Well, another name that jumps out was Arthur Pappas, who's been a you know fairly I think regular. He's over in Saudi Arabia at the moment. Yeah, so but I mean, well, in, just in, without in two Adam years' think... time. Yeah. 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 I will say the only the other reason why this is a no brainer because if if Aloisi leaves, someone's got to be the the front of the face of the club and Ross. You'd be look, no, you'd be, no, but you'd be looking at the backer group at that point because Ross would be out the door with John. So <laughs> they'd put the focus back on the backer group. I think that's the last thing the ownership want at the moment. So I think having John Aloisi here is a safe option for them as well. And, he, and you're right, he is like he does do a lot of you know yeah. he's like the face of Brisbane yeah. Lord, you know, and he does a really good job now. And I think that's something he doesn't get a lot of credit yeah. for and just, as well. Just from a you know quick thinking perspective, like one thing you notice when Aloisi's on TV, he does give off like a really good professional image. Mm-hmm. I remember watching him with the Socceroos last night. That's, and that's why I was saying that he doesn't get enough credit for that. Yeah. He does look very professional. And that's right. you, know, you want him representing our club. Even Mike Mulvey was really good on yeah. TV and Postacoglu was doing the Socceroos and A-League yeah. stuff beforehand. Well, so. was on TV before he was at the Raw yeah. anyway. Maybe, maybe we get Adam Sports. Peacock as the next Socceroos coach. <laughs> as the next just, Raw just coach, not, I mean. Just not Bosnich. Just not, no, I'll, I'll take Bosnich over Craig Foster, thanks. Oh, true. Can you imagine? <laughs> true. I'd take we'll be playing triangles in the six-yard box. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so it wasn't all rosy this weekend for the Raw as well. Carl Dodd has stepped down as high performance yep. manager. It came at 10 to 1 Saturday yeah, morning. That's bizarre. I think, and Marco also reported the um, physios, Tony Ganter. But they've all, they've all, they are about to leave at the end of the week or something. So, but I believe that has been sort of in the works for a while now, and they're bringing in someone from the UK. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I think it may, there may be some an odd time, James, to be having this sort of restructure oh. in the medical department. You should, surely you do this in the off season, but yeah, it's not not ideal. But anyway, there's more to come from yeah. this story, I think. Adelaide fallout finalised. Ross Aloisi four game yep. gra- ban. Craig Moore one. Sounds like they've accepted the Ross ban as well because I haven't heard any more about it. Yep. Yeah, so. and, to, and to be honest, I think that's probably the best yeah. thing. Yeah, if if for what he was defending, um, I think four yeah. four games is actually you know, the denials about punching punching you know Jacobo Mamalo and all that. If 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 that was actually proven, we would have got you know yeah. much more serious. So four games. Yeah. Deal, yeah. move on. Yep, he's back, he's back on the bench for the finals, which is what matters. So. And he'll also be on the bench for the Champions League yep. as well. That's one important um, uh, thing to bring up as well. Yeah, now, a story that did come out this afternoon, we're all a little bit 
yeah, Intr- intrigued by is Joe Coletti, the youngster who yeah. came o- came to the Raw this year, and apparently he's off contract at the Sounds end. Sounds like agent speak, doesn't it? Sounds like he's considering a move or something. I thought he was contracted for another year, but mm. sounds like he's considering a move or something. Who knows? Might just be agent talk trying to get him a new deal because he's. I think he's played more first team football than anyone envisaged happening, including himself. kind of out of necessity. Yeah, mm. I think it's and he's done an exceptional job. So you could argue, you could see why an agent would come and say, "Well, he deserves a new contract." But I think he's off contract. He definitely yeah. needs a new he's contract. He's a year ahead where we thought he would be. Like we, we when, when he first came to to the club, we thought, "Oh, he'll he'll play at youth. Yeah, he'll he'll dominate that." You know, being you know the Australian Joey's captain, yeah. we thought he'd do well. But to actually see him he'd break in next year, yeah. yeah. But to see him this year um, playing first team football and actually and not only do that, but actually make an impact, yeah. I think yeah, I think yeah, he's a year ahead of schedule. And you're right. I think it's agent talk. I would yeah. hope that he, you know after the opportunity that Raw and John Alwissi and, and Co have given him, I'd ho- I'd hate. For him then to you know, take his tail and sort of yeah. take the next big. The one thing you don't want to do is go to say Sydney FC and be a backup to O'Neill and Brilliante and not get a game. Yeah, well, like go back to his hometown Sydney or something. That's the last thing he'd want to do. Yeah, he's got to go somewhere he's going to play because I still firmly believe yeah. the best way to develop a young player is to actually play them. Yeah. Which I, I know, I know, it's this weird revolutionary thought. I know. <laughs> anyway, Scott, you just want to quickly mention the academy. Yeah, so the the new academy director Drew Sherman's come over and he's been pretty quick in formalising some links. I mean, I think last week or the week before they announced a deal with Olympic FC and this week it was with Gold Coast City. So it's a good thing. I think it's about young players coming in and getting opportunities if they excel down there. So no, it's, right. it's a good it's a make it's a good way of making sure players don't slip through the net. Yeah, so ironically it's num- number one two teams in MPL yeah. at the moment. So <laughs> so I don't know dumb luck or or, or that, but yeah. So you're saying they're off to town sort of to have to deal with the Fury next day. Well <laughs> if I have them, so Alright, so that's going to be it for this segment of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. And welcome back to segment three of the Brisbane Football Review here in, well, my spare room. Yeah. It's James Scott and Adam with you tonight. And we're going to get into segment three, which is a special mailbag one, because we got a very nice email from a James Gray, who yeah. said he said he loves our show, but he's enjoying the ongoing coverage. I'm guessing he might have meant to send this to another show, because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how he's enjoying ours. He said he's moved to cold England over there. Well, definitely not cold yeah. here, so... No. <laughs> Maybe there's another Brisbane Roar in England that we're not sure about. But, uh, you, you know, you get the league over there on uh, BT Sport, so... Yeah. Good, good to see. There's uh, some international broadcasters getting on board. Yeah, I've gotten a few listeners from. I've gotten a few friends over in the US involved. I'm not sure if they actually listen to the show. Maybe yeah. if they are, they can send us a message yeah, as well and tell us just how much they love me. I mean, <laughs> us. As I say, in the US, unfortunately, they have to pay to see um, A League on Direct TV. So I can't think many people do. Don't you have to pay to see everything over in the US, or is that just Vegas? Oh, I think they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he got. It was three really good questions. So I think we're going to get into for this segment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, our front third has been lacking this year. We seem to be getting into good positions, but do not convert or even get a good shot away. I think there are several issues. The first of which is quality decision-making by our wide players. It's mostly poor. Hing at Barella and Brown, mostly. Number two, our team is better suited to counter-attack spaces as fast, McLaren or Barello, but not strong or good in the air. Teams can defend deeply against us. And three, we lack numbers slash runners in the box. When a cross comes in, there should be a back post front and penalty spot runner. Too often, it's Jamie McLaren. So we'll talk about those three points first before we get on to the other parts. I do agree the decision-making hasn't quite been there this year. and like It's harsh on the wide guys, actually. It's a little bit harsh. I but think one and three are kind of related together. Yep. If, you watch, if you're out wide and you're putting a cross in and there's no one in the box, it just looks bad. Mm. I think we don't have enough runners in the box. I think that's a very accurate point. For, raises. 
for me, I actually think where, where the issue lies is that um, I think we lack a genuine and quality number ten. I think at the end of the day, but if you have both though, if you have the but if you have a quality number ten, then obviously your wide play and sort of your direct play is all is is also is a lot better and a lot more controlled. So I think that's where we. I think in isolation, I don't think you can really pan the the wingers as much as you pan sort of McLaren and that in the middle. But I think not having that link, whereas other other clubs above us. Do have that quality number ten at the moment? I think that's, that might be a difference. I think I, it's where I think we haven't seen enough from Brett Holman. Yeah, we're hoping that you know, he'd be the number ten. He still might be that number ten. Yeah. We just haven't seen enough but from again, him. Again, compared to the likes of say a um, you know a Ninkovic or a Troisi, who yeah. really sort of controlling you know the, the creative play for those two clubs. They're one and two. So. But I kind of feel like. Holman getting injured early on in the season, that was a real yeah. setback yeah. for him where those first couple of months where we were saying, you know, he should have been developing the relationships with McLaren, Borello, or Broich, all yeah. the guys around him. He was sitting on the sideline trying to work yeah. it out while Dimi Petrados was, admittedly, playing some pretty decent yeah. football. I definitely agree with your second point and his third one in particular. I'm just not sure on the, the wide guy stuff, wide player stuff. But the other, th- the other point as well, but la- lacking of numbers and runners in the box. Yeah. Like we even saw that on the goal on Saturday night, yeah. where McLaren was the only guy... In, in- the like, attacking half. Yeah, and I do think... I, mean, I understand wanting yeah. to be ca- compact in defence and stuff and playing on the counter-attack, but surely there should be someone but, providing some sort of support. But, anyway. but, well, that's one thing I'm actually wondering. Like, If there's been a slight tweak in tactics this year to get probably the mm. two wide attackers, be it Broich or Borello, even Arana, I, think, I know yeah, that's a I, dirty name yeah. around here, but those guys maybe are sitting a little bit deeper and are taking just a few extra seconds to get forward, which is leaving McLaren there, because yeah. I remember last year, it just it just kind of feels yeah. like a lot of the time Borello was right up there next to him, Broich was getting involved well, more as well. open last year, weren't we? Yeah. That's I think it. that's what he's changed this year to try and fix, because he conceded a lot of goals away from home last year. I think he's said, all right, we're going to sit back deeper. Make sure we concede less, and he's prepared to concede less hmm. plot. His body's in the attacking third. Maybe he's gone too far. Yeah, it might could be. need a slight adjustment back. But that's something that Aloisi, yeah. if he's a good manager, yeah. and we hope he is, mm. that's where he can say, "All right, well, I went too far one way in year one, too far the other way in year two, year three. Okay. I'm going to find yeah. it in the middle, and the Roar are going to go and mm. uh, have an invincible season." Fingers right? crossed. Fingers crossed. That's that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're all counting on. Yeah. So we can uh, book in. <laughs> First weekend of May 2018 for a trip to the grand final at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah. That's We're not getting ahead of ourselves at all, are we? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think that's a good I'm point. not worried about 2017. It's all about 2018. <laughs> well, the last World Cup year, the Raw won, so... it's true. But I, there are a couple of really good points. That yeah. the, the lack of numbers and runners in the box, so... You want, that is yeah, a, that's a genuine point he raises. Yeah, but also with that, you've got the numbers there... You don't have a team in the. You don't have a team yeah. that's great in the I air. Look at the teams. I'm trying to think who could make those. Holman can make those runs. Mm. Maybe the two wide guys, if the cross is going from the other side, could. But I look at Coletti, Mackay. Maybe Christensen's got a couple of goals. Yeah. But there's not too many you'd expect to make those runs into the box. But just looking at it from a tactical perspective yeah. as well. Okay, say you've got three guys running in, you know, yeah. in and around the penalty spot and the two posts. You def you still want to have that safety net around there. Yeah. So like just. I think that's one of the yeah. things Aloysi would really emphasise as well. If you turn the ball over, you want players in the right positions to be able to win it back quickly. I'm not even thinking of the turnovers, so I'm just thinking in terms of you've got, like, say, okay, just go with the team on Saturday night. So you've got Barillo putting a ball in from the right. You've mm-hmm. got McLaren, Holman, and Broich making runs in there. That means yeah. you probably are going to need, you know, Brown out on the left to yep. get an overhit. You want Coletti and Christensen sitting deep outside yeah. the 18-yard box ready to get a clearing header and put it straight back in. Hingert. Yeah, and you want Hingert. Papadopoulos and Devere back near the halfway line. Yeah, so yeah. you maybe you don't need the three guys in every time, but it's just about being yeah. smart with your yeah. runs. Yeah. Adam, you oh. look like you got something to say. Oh, no, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think at the end of the day, I think, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's. A, I think, yeah, it's a case of we went last year, we went, you know, too far the other way and probably attack too much at the at the behest of defence this year. I think we're being a lot more conservative. So mm. I think it's now, yeah, John and Wilson's just going to find that, that middle ground. I think that's where, where it lies. Yeah. Now, the final point from James must be, you know, something with that name and having great points. And Scott rolls his eyes. <laughs> this- too fair, so did Adam. He's hit it better. <laughs> I was just looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got, most teams have multiple scorers. For example, Holosko. Brosk, Ninkovic, yep. for Sydney FC, you've got Rojas, Barisha, Troisi. You have to have players in there that score. And that is 
one thing that is definitely lacking. Haven't had enough goal scorers, have we? No. And yeah. I think last year was it Borello got uh, plenty of goals. Borello got close to 10 last year, yeah. And I think Petrados got his share yeah. of goals as well. Whereas this year it's kind of been McLaren or bust. And I do also wonder if that's why people are getting a lot more critical of McLaren because there's more expectation on him this yeah. year, but the guys around him haven't been there. And as we continue to say, football is a team game. Yeah. If you want to... He probably scores yeah. an unhealthy percentage of the raw goals. That would actually probably be interesting want, to look up. Yeah. You probably I'm going to do that. You, you probably want talking. different <laughs> players scoring more. I can't think of anyone who scored a lot of goals this year. I know like, Barillo's like, got three or four. Barillo's scoring goals, but in other yeah. competitions. Yeah, so. Holman's got two. Um, I can't think yeah. of too many others. Christensen's got a couple. Christensen's got, f- Christensen's got four. You can't, you can't rely on number six to yeah. score your goal. You know, you'll be your second highest scorer either. So Rana has, Rana's got one that was in the Champions League. Tommy yeah. Orr's got, I think it's one or two, one in the Champions League, one in the league. So you're probably looking for goals from other sources and we're you, not getting enough from and, but that attacking a, midfield trio. But that probably does also make McLaren's output... I don't know if it makes it look better or worse when he's scoring... So overall, the Roar have scored 33 goals this year, which that's a very, very low number, compared, especially compared to last year, where it feels like they were putting up two a game with mm. relative ease. And like they've only got a plus three goal difference. That's insane. Yeah, I'm just, just trying to find out. Sydney FC's goal difference is actually better than the Roar's goals scored. Oh, wow. So <laughs> Sydney FC have a plus 38 yeah. goal difference, 49 scored, 11 against. Wow. And... Brisbane Raw have 33-4-30 against. So. Yeah, just open up the goals now. De Vere's got one, Brown's got one, Christensen four, McLaren's 15, Holman two, Orr two, Arana two, Broich has got one, D'Agostino one, Ing, Dane Ingham one, and Brandon Rollo eight. It's, I think so I've, it's outside of... So that's in all fixtures, yeah. is it? Yeah. yeah. So outside of the goals that you're getting from McLaren and a few from Borello, just pure, everyone yeah. else is right down on a really low number. I think I think it's so. In summary, you safely say that you know it's an unhealthy reliance on Jay McLaren. Yeah. You think if he gets injured or suspended or something like that, we're thinking, oh, where are we going to get the goals from? That's that's the problem. Mm. Yeah. Well, there you go. Just in the A League, fifteen for McLaren, four for Christensen, three for Borello, two for Petrados, and two for Holman. Mm. Realistically, I. I would honestly much prefer it if McLaren actually had 11 and, you know, Borello... Sixth on goals scored, the Roar James. Pardon? Sixth in terms of the A-League on goals scored Ooh. on 33. Well, I suppose, you know, what, if you want to take the silver lining out of that, it means they're conceding less. Yeah, I think so. It's... I've, I've just got to take yeah. the positives there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's going to wrap up this segment. Thank you very much for the question. James, if you yeah. do have any hmm. questions for us, you can email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Yep. And I think we're going to have another plug for that in the next segment. We'll yeah. be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. And we're back for the final segment of today's Brisbane Football Review for the Outside90 Fan Network. James Scott and Adam here with you. I'm looking forward to Sunday night football at Suncorp Stadium this weekend as the Raw continue their push for third place with a game against the Central Coast Mariners. Before we do that, though, Scott, you've got some plugs for us and not the hair kind. I don't need those, do I? No, definitely not. Oh, cool. There's not, nothing beats Sunday at 7 o'clock kickoffs, does it? Especially on a non-long weekend. <laughs> yeah. Right, so you can get in contact with us, Facebook, Brisbane Football Review, Twitter, at Raw Review, Podcast, um, Audio Beam and I. Tune in, you can come and talk to James for some fan cams on Sunday night. We had yeah. some very good ones yeah. on uh, Saturday night after the victory game. We even had There's plenty of excited folks after the game. Yeah, there were lots of yelling and stuff. And <laughs> I think the yeah we've got we've got a lot to look yeah. forward to Sunday night. So hopefully at nine p.m. on a school. Oh no, it's not going to be a school night because it's school holidays school starting. Holidays, yeah. So suddenly that kickoff time looks a lot better. Really marginally families, better. Anyway. It's still very late on a Sunday night. Yeah, it's a school holidays, but it's not a work holiday, so people still have to get home. I just have to. You know, time your annual leave, right? I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's going to be. Oh, yeah, I'm interested with the seven o'clock kickoff. 
And you've got to remember, daylight saving time ends on Sunday, which is why yeah. it's 7 and not 6. Because yeah. we all would have been used to the 4 o'clock and 6, six o'clock yeah. double, but... Cause everything... Got to get it right for that Sydney TV market, James. Absolutely. The 100000 on the Fox Sports gets for every yeah. game. Absolutely. All right, so two fixtures this year. 1-0 for the Raw in Gosford in round 3, and then round 11, 2-1 for the Raw in Gosford. Yeah. So Mariners making their first trip to Suncorp Stadium. Yeah. Paul Ocon, I think he's had a bit of an up and down season, but yeah. there have been some encouraging signs. They're but, probably going to win the wooden spoon now, given the way Adelaide's hit form. But I think they're still a far better side than we've seen. Question last about year. your phrasing: Do you actually win the wooden spoon? Well, we've been over this before. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm not one for semantics. But I, th- I do think the point is the Mariners are a much better side than they were last year. They've been far more competitive, and I think there's a lot to work with there. Yep. If they can just maybe strengthen the spinal side slightly, they'll be a much better side next year. And they might. They were even, a few weeks ago, they were in finals contention, James. Yeah. They were, even if it was outside of contention, they were in the contention, so. I think if you take both those games, that you know, both Raw games where they lost one, I think if you remember in both those games, Mariners actually had, you know, some decent yeah. chances, and they were, yeah. they were right in it. So I think, I think we've said this all season, and I think it's will become down to, in the season review, is that I think the Mariners' problem is they just can't put a 90-minute, game together. When they do, yeah. they're going to be they're going to be very very good. So and much like the um game at the weekend where the Royals just needed a result, particularly that first game that 1-0. Mm. They really needed a win that day. That was coming off the Newcastle yeah, loss. It was week 3 and they needed a win, so. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the but second one for Charles hit a fantastic free kick as well, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was trying to work out why I didn't remember <laughs> that game a whole lot. And I remember I didn't watch it live because I had work Christmas party at foot golf, so that <laughs> in the middle of a storm actually. <laughs> We were all huddled under the thing. Just I was trying to avoid my phone going off with the score updates. Yeah. So, uh, not 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 to go off too far on a tangent, but I was winning after nine holes, and then Greg Norman did and wound up finishing fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of chokes, I remember the Mariners choke in the grand final. Ah, there's the raw. There's the segue. It wasn't a Mariners yeah. choke. It was a raw comeback. Well, speaking of Mariners choking in finals and stuff, well, this is the this weekend is five years to the weekend since the se- the um the second time we played them in the major semi final series, the That's first right. leg of the second of twenty eleven twelve was this weekend, so five years ago. Oh, how about that? Yeah, and that was uh, when the Mariners actually collapsed against Perth a week yeah. later. All right, so but yeah, for the Raw, it's all on them. Like they put yeah. in a good performance for me, they they win. Yeah, like no ifs ands or buts about it. This is a game you just yeah. this is supposed to be a home bank, but last time we said it was supposed to be a home bank, and they lost to Wellington. So mm. hopefully the players don't take that but, approach to heart. But we did actually, we were talking in segment one about, you know, the Raw haven't put down a statement performance. Yeah. I feel like this is a perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah. You've had eight days off, you've got plenty of time, show exactly what you're worth, and, yeah. you know. Oh, look, I think hopefully momentum carries on. Look, they, they, they eat their one nil result against the other second place team in the league. You would expect by, sort of, by sort of comparison, they, they should get a job against... Mariners, like I said, they, they, but they've got to be wary because Mariners, we know, are capable of now and then putting in a good performance, but they've got to outlast them over the whole ninety. And they've got some threats in there, so as well, guys like Connor Payne with pace, Roy Donovan, who's been linked to Brisbane and half the league, it seems he's a threat as well. So you can't underestimate them. Yep, absolutely. So as the last game of the round, the Roar are obviously going to be most interested in the Melbourne City result on Saturday night against Sydney FC. Yeah. Will it help or hurt them knowing exactly? what position they're in. Because, again, we kind of saw this last season where they knew what they needed to do. Yeah. Could could that potentially impact their focus at it all? It shouldn't. I mean, you can look at... They could say that Friday night game was Adelaide and Perth. Maybe that's a factor. You might even look at the Sunday game, Melbourne victory and Wellington Phoenix. I mean, it's a slim chance, James. Maybe if victory lose all three games, the Raw can still get second. Yeah. So, I think you just ignore all the other games and just play play the game and win. And but, that's what's being desperate to say here. Yeah. Oh, and I was going to say that I just think we were talking about in, uh, in segment one about self-interest. I think it's the same. Yeah. As long as long as we finish third or fourth, we know we've at least got a home final. And look, do we really want to be with four weeks out picking, choosing, oh, do we want to play Sydney or do we want to play Melbourne Victory or, you know, are we going to even get into second? So yeah. I just think, you know, I'll keep winning, you know, yeah. keep banking the points. And, you know, if we finish second, third or fourth, because I, I, I would hope that we wouldn't yeah. finish fifth or sixth. Um, I think that's it. So I think self-interest, we just get get the yeah. job done. Selfishly, I'd rather finish third because I, I know people won't like it. I'd rather be in the Champions League next year. Yeah. I, want, I don't care if it, you've got to go through the playoffs thing again. I've, I've enjoyed I enjoyed the playoffs, so I'd love to be in that again. I, I agree with your statement, but for yeah. a different reason. I would just say you want to finish as high as possible yeah. because Absolutely. with the way the with the way the A-League yeah. does it, 
the higher you yeah. are, the better your chance of hosting yeah. the grand final. And yeah. I've been saying this for the last two months. Give yourself every chance yeah. possible because the Roar have never lost a final fourth, at home. You're not, you're not hosting any grand finals, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah. And Third, you've got like, the slimmest of chances if absolute chaos happens in well, week two of the finals. Which, look, we all agree is unlikely, yeah. but you don't want to be... You don't want to blow it, finish fourth, yeah. and then suddenly have the team hosting yeah. if the finishes third, hosting the grand final in yeah. May, and you're sitting there thinking, "Well, bugger." That could have been us if we'd just taken one game more seriously. Yeah, you don't want that. Mm. So, with the starting lineup, the only player that I'm kind of interested in is Tommy Orr. Is he mm. going to be back from his injury, or do you just give him a little bit more time with again another set of champions? I'm more league? interested in the back line, actually. Who's going to start? Yeah, I'm really interested. Is was Jaden Orr genuinely rested, or was that a selection based on form. I'd be really interested to see how that plays out. It, it's, um, it's interesting. I, mean, I think we alluded from segment one. I, I think, yeah, it's a very interesting because, yeah, you could... I, I think potentially you could have all three play, all three, yeah. you know, Papadopoulos, yeah, De Villa and North yeah. on the same pitch at the same time, whether they start like that. But it's I a very would, good chance I, if you finish like that because any of those three players could even move up next to yeah. Thomas Christensen in that defensive screening role, especially, especially if we're in front. So... I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's going to be the formation for the away trip to Perth. You've got Papadopoulos and Devere at the back and North in the middle. Well, I was just going to say, we've talked about back threes the whole, whole episode, basically. I wouldn't even be... It's not going to happen because it's too late to try, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be at all worried if it happened. Devere, North, Papadopoulos, and you'd have Corey Brown left wing back, Brandon Brolow on the right, work where he's tracked back a lot, and then you have Coletti and Christensen, and then Holman, Broich, and McLaren. I think it'd be interesting to see. It's, where, where Jack it's not going to happen. Jack ain't going to be on the bench. But it, but he's that sort of guy yeah. you can bring in yeah. for defensive solidarity. It's, it's, it's not going to happen, yeah. but it'd be just fascinating to see how it would work. Mm. All right, so some of the other A-League fixtures. So Friday night, as we mentioned, Adelaide versus Perth. So yep. that means a lot for the Raw. If, because... if Perth drop points there, you can forget them even getting close yeah. to the force. I, I, think, I think we all be cheering for Adelaide, I think, though. And, yeah. they, and they look like they're gathering momentum. Yeah. So... They're still not going to go on a run like last year, all right? They may, but they'll, be, they'll take them up to Christmas next year. <laughs> nah, they'll get to the Champions League quarterfinals they get on that sort of run. Oh, yeah, well, look, that wouldn't be the worst thing, to be yeah. honest. Mm. All right, then Saturday, the doubleheader is Newcastle versus Western Sydney Wanderers in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And then Sydney FC against Melbourne City. Now, I wonder if Melbourne City are going to do the uh, tunnel for the Premiers thing. Oh, get stuffed. <laughs> no, that was not going, oh, ever... get stuffed by the... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they ever do that here. Actually, I, think, no, I, think I feel English, like someone did it. City I think did it's an English it. Premier City League did it when, for the Raw a couple of years ago. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, because Madoka was leading it when he was playing for Melbourne okay. Heart at the time. Me- memory escapes me. Yeah. Oh. And that I was the day that Bruce got sent Cahill. off for standing on... For standing on um, Valapis. Valapis. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, line up Tim Kale. <laughs> well, I know, well, I know <laughs> um, you, you, Perth, you're poor uh, Alex Brosk. I know Perth didn't do it last, last week, which was shocking because they were at home, funnily enough. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, and of course, when they're away from home this week, they get a short trip to Adelaide, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got Sunday before the Raw, you got Melbourne victory against Wellington Phoenix. This is going to be one of those dreadful mm. games to watch, I think. That's going dreadful to be... Dreadful neutral. Unless you're a victory fan, this is going to be a hard watch. Mm. But like uh, any Wellington, any point for the... Vic- and I'm fairly certain any point for the victory pretty much secures yeah, one point second spot need, yeah. for them. So I think it's yeah, their home. I think like, I can't see I can't see Knicks in. despite yeah. their win last week. I just can't see them going to Melbourne and actually doing anything. Even if the Knicks do win this game, they got the Mariners at home in the last round. So it's pretty they're going to get done. one point at some point. So yep. All right, so we're going to go into our predictions now, and I'm going to lead off and say a three 0 win for the Raw. Scott, are oh, you talking about for this guy for yeah, the Raw game? Yeah, for the Raw. Two oh, 0 2-0 for Scott. Adam? I'm going to go 4-1. All right, so Adam and I are both taking a 4-1 win. Do we want to do a 3-0? Three-goal win, I mean. Yeah. It's the coffee I had beforehand (laughs) wearing off, all right? And then we've got... Do we want to do around the league tips quickly? Yeah. um, Scott? Wanderers to keep up their late-season form away to Newcastle. I think um, I think LA United. I think are on the up and up, but finally, and I think they will. Uh, I think Perth away from home have been pretty ordinary, and I think they'll continue. James' favourite, Riley McGree, will be back for Adelaide. Well, ho- hopefully the kid can stay on his feet this time instead of trying to, you know, go flying uh, like I hope, Superman. I hope he enjoyed training in Socceroos duty. So, oh, he would have had to have cleaned everyone's boots as a young kid in camp, wouldn't he? So that's how it should be. <laughs> I'm actually going to say two red cards in Sydney FC versus Melbourne City. 
Don't know about the end result, but so I, I just want them to. I just want Brandon O'Neill and Josh Berlanti to be on seven yellow cards in the last round, losing them both get it in the last game, so they both suspended for the finals. That would be <laughs> no, that would be then perfect. Again, and you might want to check that if it see if the cards don't get wiped for the final series. So if you get your eighth one in the last round, you still got to serve your suspension. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Well, um, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that happen. Oh, That'd be I'm fantastic. It, yeah. All right, well, that should just about do it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks, Scott and Adam. Good to see you again, James. Thanks, James. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, uh, fellas. Yep, thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure you stop by the fan cam Sunday night. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.